Hi, I'm Apollonia. You may remember me from Purple Rain as leading lady to Prince, or from my band Apollonia 6. I've starred in films, TV shows, and I've been on the cover of magazines all over the world, including Playboy. I was also an LA Rams cheerleader. I'm going to take you with me. Welcome to my podcast, Apollonia Studio 6. Hi, I'm Apollonia, and welcome to Apollonia Studio 6. I'm here with Mr. Seth, my co-host, and who's our guest today? Oh, my God. Our guest is the one and only, unbelievable, ultra-talented, actress extraordinaire, <laughs> Miss Amanda Wiss. Yay! That Thank was the best you. intro, wasn't it? <laughs> we love you. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I love you guys. Oh, oh. thank you for coming. What an honor. I know. This is great. Yes. Amanda Wish. Now, we go back a long time. This yes. is just incredible. And then I'm going to get choked up because I haven't seen her since COVID oh. because of... <laughs> I know we only we FaceTimed once or twice. Yeah, but, but then it just it was just it gets so muddled. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just hard to. It was do terrible. All the right things to stay in touch. The last time I saw you, we went over to the Garlands. Yes, it's like our little hangout. We sit outside and we had lunch, and the next thing we know, we were just like locked down. It yeah. was a horrible situation, man. How yeah. have you been doing with COVID and? Your life, just in general. Um, you know, the last two years, on one hand, they feel like such a blur and, mm -hmm. and went by so quickly. But in hindsight, but while it was happening, I, I used to describe it to anybody that would ask that I felt like I was slogging through pudding. <laughs> like I just, yeah. you know, because yeah. every yeah. day was the same. And, you know, unless you're on set when, when, you know, production opened back up, but um, yeah, it was just a lot of trying to figure out how to stay active at home. Mm -hmm. You know, I joined an online yoga studio. Yeah. I I joined master class. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and and um, I took any course I could think mm -hmm. of. I learned how to do EFT tapping. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> I took a meditation challenge. So I I tried to stay really busy. Um, and then on another hand, I'm such a homebody mm -hmm. that in a weird way, other than I had to stay home, my life didn't change that much because mm -hmm. I'm I love being home. Stephen, who I live with, on the other hand, was going stir crazy and would just get in his car and drive, and mm -hmm. he'd make phone calls from his car and go look for Clorox wipes and you know <laughs> five hours away. Uh, so, um, so we both coped with it in different ways. But so, and now I feel like I, I'm in between times. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like I don't quite feel like every. Thing in my life is up and going, mm -hmm. um, but I I don't find it altogether unpleasant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Other than the you know the the mayhem and sadness of it all. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you've been like you've been in touch with friends and family. Yes. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> A lot of texting and WhatsApping and. Mm -hmm. um, Zoom calls. We did do a lot of like family. My siblings um, like Zoom you know, get togethers. Um, we played, you could get games online. So we'd do a game night. Um, yeah. But even mm. that kind of stuff, like that was at the beginning. And then everyone's like, 
I just can't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I, I feel like I didn't do as much to stay in touch with everybody mm-hmm. as I could other than texting. I did a lot right. of texting. And but, What about you? Did Well, you and I are the same. It's like we're home buddies, introverts, but at the same time, because of our careers, what we do, I mean, that's to be an extrovert, right? And I mean, I found it difficult too, you know, uh, going out. I didn't mind staying in. You know, if I have an excuse to go out, then it's like, you know, you, we have to go out and... Mm-hmm have meetings and I think my first time going to uh, the supermarket was with Samantha, who you just met, yep. our musical director. And I was terrified. I had gloves and the mask and everything. And <clears throat> she led the way with a shopping cart. I was kind of <laughs> hiding behind her, you know, and looking at all the people. And I thought to myself, where are we? I mean, where yeah. am I, you know, feeling nervous and, you know, um, I became like almost obsessed with fear because a person in my life, I didn't, you know, my mother at the time was, as you know, was, you know, sick. Anyhow, you don't want to get it, you know? So I was, you know, going out at night, three in the morning to check my truck to see if I (laughs) I was wiping down the handles. (gasps) The steering wheel. Oh, shit. My phone. (gasps) Four in the morning. He knows. I wake up and I was like, you know, panicking. You know, I didn't clean the phone and, you know. And it was just, you know, this weird feeling of not being in control. Yes. That's what it was instill. You know? Really coming up against that big. Yeah. And I relate to everything you're saying. I, yeah. I, it, it's been a, an interesting time to try to stay open to learning and growing mm-hmm. about these things that are coming up, like this fear and my lack and the feeling out of control. Right. And afraid of other people. Yes. yes. I've never been completely afraid of other people. And yeah. and I still, if I'm at the grocery store and somebody gets too close, I yep. mm-hmm. I every bit of my energy, even though I'm like trying to be a good person, <laughs> I I am just like back, back up, up. Back up. Yeah. I don't say it, but if I I it's it's all there. Yeah. Right. Like people are like, whoa. And um I just it's really interesting, and I, I I wonder if this is like some deeper fear that's just been unearthed from all of this, or right. it, or it, if it's just that this has been a really scary time and it's scary. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. No, you're right. You said yeah. it, it tests our fears. I mean, you know, we, you know, you like you said, you go to the market, and I was at the market, you know, getting ready for the show, and I had to blow my nose, and I had my mask on, so I didn't blow my nose because I was afraid that people <clears throat> would think that. So what happened? I'm like. My mm-hmm. nose is running in the market, and I'm just using my mask to clean. I'm like, what am I doing here? Yeah. You know, and then I know this is really terrible, but, you know, it's somebody coughs, right? Just like, you know, you run. you. Yeah. But I was saying to Seth, I said, back in the day, you know, we used to cough to cover up a <laughs> fart. But nowadays, we fart to cover up a it's cough. Yeah. I know that sounds horrible, but... For sure. You don't want to be coughing in it's public true. or sneezing no. or anything. No, because it's literally like everyone's just like. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the truth. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, yeah. you dealt it. Where uh-huh. are you? Yeah. And I'm like, I remember, you did it. <laughs> yeah, I remember 2020. I remember oh. literally being in Ralph's mm-hmm. and I was in one of the aisles and somebody coughed and the whole <laughs> aisle turned around <laughs> and looked. I was like. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I looked too. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Everybody looked. Yeah. Yep. You know, that's rough. It's it's really interesting. And and I have noticed, I mean, even, you know, being on sets, I've been um working on a show that has younger people mm-hmm. on it. And 
And they're just so much more comfortable with yeah. what's happening. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm, I'm up against like, well, Granny here's a little right, right, nervous right. about what's, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. stop hugging me. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah. It, it's really interesting because I, I, I didn't realize what a control freak I was mm-hmm. until this and really trying to be open to having this not have been a waste of time on my personal journey so that right. I come out of this a little more self-aware, hopefully a better person, yeah. hopefully closer to God, mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, more in the flow of better things maybe. Yeah, right. And um, and it's just, it's being home with just yourself and, and then be all this fear and the control and stuff. Like I really like, it's unearthed some things that have been hard to look at. Yeah. Right. Um, but- <laughs> It's, yeah. you know, it's a good process. It, it, it's just, I just don't know. And you yeah. know what part of the thing about this, we're still in it. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. hard to articulate it mm-hmm. yeah. still for me because right. I'm, I'm in the process of it. And yeah. I'm, I'm not able to articulate because I'm slogging through pudding. Yeah. We're still yeah. in it. I mean, there's, you know, a new variant now. And is there going to be another one and more boosters? And yeah. Is this, you know, going to be this way forever? Are we going to be, you know, have to find another planet to live in? I don't know. Yeah. I've been watching Ancient Aliens a little too much. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love that show. <laughs> I knew it. I love yeah. that show. Well, I know it's just strange, but I do have to say as far as like running and or being outside during the day, I totally dig the mask for sunscreen. It's like yeah. the best sun protection no ever right now. And yeah. I'm like, I just put on mascara. It looks like you're all done. <laughs> so like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm not I'm not ready to give up the mask. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm finding some beauty effects for it. Wow. Well, I think that the, the, I think if nothing else, you know, I think one of the hardest, I don't know if it's the, the 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 best or the hardest thing is that uh staying at home has really made a lot of people have to look at themselves mm-hmm. and self reflection mm-hmm. i think that's one reason why a lot of relationships have not lasted through that's covid true. is that you know when you don't have anywhere to run <laughs> and you yeah. don't have anywhere to go and you're just either stuck with yourself or stuck with your partner mm-hmm. And you really have to, a lot of hard truths come out. Mm -hmm. Just like as you were saying, you know, a lot of stuff comes up. And when you have to just deal with yourself. Yep, that's easy. But in some ways, it can be very rewarding. It can be um, a beautiful thing. But because you didn't break up with your your person. Well, like if you could, if you could sustain a relationship during COVID, then yeah. Mine yeah, yeah, without any distress. <laughs> mine didn't. Mine, oh, mine didn't. I'm sorry. No, but you know what? You know, it was just, you know, there is a time of self-reflection. Mm-hmm. And you do ask, you get to a point where you ask yourself, is this is this the kind of relationship that I really want? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and I think that that, it's almost like, you know, if you're a person who is, if this makes sense, if you were a person who was a former addict who got into a relationship when you when you were an addict and then mm-hmm. you become sober, mm-hmm. when you become sober, you see your relationship from different eyes, mm. and then you start asking yourself, "Hmm, is this a relationship I really signed up for?" Uh huh. Because right. now you're seeing it differently. You're mm-hmm. not seeing it 
Mm-hmm. Into- yeah. From an intoxicated place, you're right. saying it from a very sober right. place. So it's it's really different, you know. But and 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 I I'm a person that you know, and it was it was for me, you know, it was painful, but but it wasn't hard feelings because I had to say that you know you always want things to last forever, mm-hmm. or you well not always, but when you enter into certain relationships, you want them to last forever. But what I've learned is sometimes relationships are just vessels, mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. just pathways to take you somewhere else that's what a lot of people find hard to come to grips with Mm -hmm. because they want it to be forever and they want it to last forever but sometimes that's not the plan it's just a vessel to get Mm -hmm. somewhere else how about those on another street that stay on the same street because they're accustomed to that address yeah well you know it's like a great place to visit but you don't want to stay there sometimes you don't want to live there yeah and you don't know that you shouldn't be living there but anyway well it does it keeps you really present though that's the thing i think that being in lockdown with your significant other Mm -hmm. there there, you can ruminate about the past yeah this future especially at the beginning was like a like a grab bag of fear and, right. and who nobody knew what is it you know doomsday what is yeah it? what's going right. on and so really all you had is the present without yeah. distraction mm-hmm. and I think that um, I think we did pretty well because Steve drove in his car all day. <laughs> 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 he drove around looking for Clorox wipes and toilet paper. <laughs> and by the way, he was a great hunter. He brought he brought back all good things, yes. groceries, groceries. Yes. He found stuff. I don't even know where he went, but he always seemed happy and. Um, it made nice. me happy. Yeah, that's Good. so nice. Good. That's great. <laughs> now we got to start off by. I want to like take kind of take a a trip back where you were born. You're you're from Southern California. Yeah, where exactly from? I was born in Manhattan Beach, California, which surfer is girl. just total surfer girl. Mm-hmm. Totally see, um, <laughs> just south of LAX there. Um, and I mean, literally, you and I have talked about mm-hmm. this. My life in that era was like living in a Beach Boys song. Mm-hmm. It's just that's what Manhattan Beach was like. It's not like that now. It's 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 different, but it was a super small town. Um, uh, we didn't really go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were like real simple folk in my family. I got I didn't go on an airplane till I was seventeen. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Hollywood was a day's drive away. Right. Like I just I, I might as well have been like. Like a, on a farm in Oklahoma, like I just didn't really know much about the world around me. Um, I wasn't very sophisticated, um, but it was a beautiful place then mm-hmm. to grow up. But it might have also just been the era, the the early se- the late sixties, early seventies. Right. Um, for not that I'm that old, but if I was that old, <laughs> if you were that that era, it was there was you know it was like politically crazy but it was also kind of innocent in a lot of ways and i had a sister that's um i have a sister who's nine or ten years older than me so i got to see like the teenagers during Mm. that time you know like protesting the war and Mm. um make love not war yes and they would take me and my little sister and my little brother and to all their like kind of hippie things and like we're always, you know, going to hear a band play and, you know, with our little coveralls and no shirt and flowers painted on our face. And oh, so like we so had, so it was just kind of like, 
magical, you know, the environment of yeah. that time, I thought, in, in the whole beachy kind of hippie. What was your the music <clears throat> you were listening to, let's say, at that age with your, your sister being older? What do you remember? Your 45s? Yeah. You had a record player? We had a record player, and then he had the little disc that you could play your 45s mm. yes. on. That little thing. I used to love those. And then you could, every now and then, the dog would get it, and you'd be like, ah, <laughs> listen to my thing. Um, well, I was super, and still am, super into the Beatles. Yeah, I just love the Beatles. What's your favorite, if if there's a favorite Beatles song? Oh, my gosh. There's there's quite a few, but Hey Jude. Oh, I just, yeah. I, you, I can't. If that, if I even start to hear that song, I just feel emotional about it, Aww. but I can't not listen to it. I just right. think it's so pretty. Um, and, and there's so, so many, um, but that, that I think hands down is Ooh, my favorite. That's a beautiful song. So pretty. And then through my sister, I mean, I was really young, but you know, we got, I got into Bob Weir. Mm -hmm. I love the Grateful Dead. Um, super big Bob Dylan fan. My very yeah. first concert, seventh grade, mm -hmm. Bob Dylan at the Forum. Really? First Your concert. First concert. First concert. Wow, Bob. So, but that's because I had a cool older sister. Wow, um, that's so awesome. Yeah. Man. Yeah. What about you? Who is, what, what music did you listen to? I don't to know. Then? What was I listening to? The same stuff. Uh, the Beatles, you and I are this, you know, in the same age. We're like, what, 23, 24 now? Yeah. Uh, I love all Beatles. I think it's Strawberry Fields. Oh, uh, Baby, You're a Rich Man, If I Fell. That's You know, If yeah. I Fell. Oh, my God. I hear that and I'm like, yeah. You know, I can't hear it without like tearing up. But yeah, those, you know, the Beach Boy, uh, yeah, God the Only Beach Knows, Feel, oh. Feel Flows, all of that stuff. So you're. Middle or youngest? I was born the middle, but my older brother passed away when we were little, so I'm I became sorry. the thank you yeah. the second oldest. Mm -hmm. um, so um, then there were four, and so mm -hmm. I was the second oldest. Right. Um, but I I think I still that have I think as you're born, that's who you are. I have the whole middle child, like right. mm -hmm. you know, it's always Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> you rebel. I don't want to say it. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Oh man! Now being brought up, you know, beach, beachside. Did you ever body surf or surf? I did. I was a pretty good body surfer. I love body surfing. Mm. And I liked boogie boarding. And I tried surfing. I surfed a little bit, but I was mm -hmm. just never very good at it. I um, think I got like, uh, you know, even though I'm like Irish and low to the ground, <laughs> um, I'm sturdy from the waist down. I just didn't have very good balance. I just mm. never got the hang of it. You you surf. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But I love the ocean. I mean. Yeah, we're beach people. Yeah. Like born and raised there. Yeah, my uncle taught us to swim by literally when we were, I think I was one years old. He threw me in the ocean. Yeah, that's yeah. same here. And he's like, "Look, she." My mom's like, "Ah, he's like, she pounds. <laughs> look, yeah. she knows what she's doing. <laughs> she didn't drown. She, didn't drown. <laughs> she can swim now. That's um, exactly. I don't know I what know, it is. I know people can't do that nowadays, but." Yeah, we we were hardier folk yeah. back then. <laughs> Our parents would get arrested now, right? <laughs> totally. But man, crazy. So those times you were talking about, you know, your your sister Woodstock, and <clears throat> I remember, you know, stop teenage pregnancy. We used to collect the uh, STP oil stickers mm -hmm. and stop teenage pregnancy STP. Yes. So you remember? Do you remember where you were when like Bobby Kennedy was assassinated? 
Because that was, we were a little bit older. Yeah, I, I think I was in the fourth grade. Mm-hmm. I was in Mrs. Prote's class. See? And I remember we were outside the classroom and she lined us all up and said, I have some news to tell you and told us. And I mean, I, I, I didn't really understand it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I understood it, but I didn't. And all I I have this vivid memory of all the teachers that day lining us up. Obviously, they called all the parents and right. people were coming to get us. They all had little transistor radios and oh. were listening to the news. And I just, one of the teachers was holding it right here. I just totally remember that. And some of them were crying. Oh. And so I knew it was a massive event that right. was scary. And I felt, I think as a child, the first thing I internalized it was that I wasn't safe. Right. I wasn't sure what yeah. it meant, but I, I knew if the adults were that upset, I wasn't mm-hmm. safe. And um, so with that, I, I have such a vivid memory of that, of that wow. day. Wow. wow. So much stuff that, I mean, you know, historical things that happened when we were, you know, yeah. I mean, in those 60s, it was quite, you know, revolutionary. Do you remember where you were when that happened? Watching it on TV. My parents were watching it. You know, my dad was a big, you know, Kennedy fan. Also, you know, Martin Luther King. I remember my dad was like bawling. Oh, it was just, you know, you remember those things growing up. Yeah. They kind of like, you know, they mold your personality. Yeah. So then you go into the 70s and then you decide at that age that that decade to be an actress how old were you when you first your very first acting job i was 11 and wow. i was cast in a play in la um i was cast in a play a william inge play called the innocence okay um and i, I played flora apparently anybody that knows that play yeah that's it's you know william inge i mean that's that's yeah it was it's oh, heavy wow. material yeah for 11 um, year old yeah really so um but it was fun, and and I really enjoyed it, and and I was working with amazing actors that were really supportive, and I think I didn't, especially starting it. Um, Flora has you know has a lot of dialogue, mm-hmm. and and I, I I remember it was the first time I realized people were counting on me, mm-hmm. and I had to succeed. Like mm-hmm. I had to figure out how mm-hmm. to memorize this play, right. and um and it wasn't like I came from a family that was a show business family mm-hmm. and i mean there i this, i was just com- totally on my own right. um seeking this out and then the following year at the same theater i did the bad seed i okay. played rhoda in the bad seed now that <clears throat> was just you wanting to be an actress did your parents support you did they agree that that's what you should do did they drive you to you know the auditions how did that all um it, my older sister was studying theater arts at UCLA, and I think that's what kind of planted the the seed that I didn't mm-hmm. even know mm. that you could do that. Mm-hmm. Like, like it, that just wasn't a, a possibility. Like growing up, if any what anytime anybody asked me what I wanted to be, I would say a lawyer. Right. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> um, that's just it's just so funny. But um, that I just had that in my head, um, and then. So no, I did not have a ton of support. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it wasn't a lack of support really, but mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes like uh, my dad would like when I started doing commercials mm-hmm. as a young teen, my dad would take the day off work and he would be my guardian mm-hmm. on the set. Um, but really, everything else, like I would ask neighbors if they would drive me. Yeah. Um, um, when I, you know, I, I just I. 
I think that's when I realized like I was working so hard at it that it must be what I want to do because right. I had to like right. really yeah. like 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 seek out I'm like you know I wonder if Lucy Scranton will drive me to <laughs> to, yeah. to Hollywood for my audition today so wow so you were just a little girl who yeah. was your first agent Mary Grady so Mary the, Grady yeah, yeah. The that, famous kid agent. I didn't know that. <clears throat> she f- saw the bad seed and um oh my took God. me on and then there was a, it was a I was only 12 and I didn't really then start pursuing it till mm-hmm. I was 17. It was just it I was up against too much at right. home and yeah. trying to to make that happen I mean as a kid without support. So mm-hmm. it was more like when I got my driver's license. Right. I could more easily pursue those things and then when i was 14 i got a commercial agent the charles stern agency mm, okay and i've heard of them yeah yeah they were big they were really big and um and then at that time my two sisters were also doing commercials so we got called in together all the time oh, I see. and so that worked out pretty well because my older sister then would drive us because right. <laughs> really my whole life was about managing my rides to and from right. places yeah. Yeah. like how do yeah. i get from a to b <laughs> my life hasn't changed i'm still like crazy That's about amazing. driving mary grady she <clears throat> was like first and foremost agent for she had like the brady bunch and like uh the family affair kids so they were very well known for having kids wow so she had all the big, the big, yeah, big yeah. Child and she, stars. she saw you doing the bad seed, bad, bad seed, and that. Uh-huh. <laughs> when I read that, I was researching. Right, I started laughing. I said because she is perfect for that. <laughs> <laughs> she's got that personality where she could just switch it. She's it's, such a brilliant actress. Oh, you're very kind. Um, oh, but a true story. My dad was sitting in the audience one night, and the reviewer for the LA Times was sitting behind him, and, and he didn't know my, that it was mm-hmm. my dad. And he leaned over to the guy next to him and said, I wouldn't let that little bitch in my house for all the money in the world. <laughs> <laughs> my dad was like, she's apparently doing a good job. <laughs> That's a great story. The bad seed, black and white, Patty McCormick. Oh, she was so good I remember it. this. Yeah. I mean, just that boy. And if you ever see the movie The Innocence, it's so creepy and I mean they're both of them are very um dark. Yeah. Yeah. Now, speaking of darkness, now you so you started you were saying doing theater, right? Um I know that Seth and I have been, you know, going over all your accolades and it's just I'm trying to put all the pages in order and there's just you have such a rich history. And your work, I mean, it's incredible. I don't even know where to start. That's why I handed him the pages right now. <laughs> right. Is to, you know, take a good look here. <laughs> so from doing then theater, you did, you get an agent, Mary Grady. Like I said, I know Mary. I met her years later before she passed away. And uh, I met her because then an, a lawyer that I know retains the ownership of her name now. Oh, wow. I used to call Mary... Because I would, hey, your kid should be in films. Hey, does that kid have an agent? And I would send Mary kids. And one day she goes, why don't you come in? Let me meet you. And I was like, you know, and I was like, she's a wonderful lady, much older. But, you know, she was like the agent for kids. Now it's Cindy Osbrink. Oh, okay. Osbrink. So they have, you know, kids. But I didn't know that she was with Mary Grady. Mm. That's so great. And she was great, too, because she would... Excuse me. Um, like, got like, if I had an audition, I could go to her and 
you know, she was just super supportive and helpful and like a little a coach. Right. And oh, she did that yeah, for you. Yeah, like all, all that kind of stuff. I think that's, I, I, I mean, I think that's why she was so successful with all the right, young the actors because, you know, most people aren't coming from a show business home where somebody would know right. how to coach. How long or, were you with her? Until I was about 17. And then I went with um, the agent I still have, Aaron Connor. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time was with, um, they were, it was like Rifkin, David, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and then they them. were triad. And then they merged with triad. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. And then she split <laughs> off. And I mean, it's, you know, it's a million years of, um, and now it's just Aaron. Yeah. Wow. What was your first big movie break? I would say Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Man. I mean, even though I had a, a small role in it, I mm-hmm. mean, it was the first big studio. Yeah. It's not a small role. Well, You're, I, mean, that, I mean, come on. So, t- okay. Go ahead. I am all excited. <laughs> so, uh, so that was, of course, an uh, iconic film. Yeah. And what was like a, what's a great fast time story for you? Wow. Oh, gosh. Okay, well, there's a couple. Okay. And the the, the one thing I'm going to say before a story, the thing that I think is so interesting about fast times yes. is that literally every single actor in that movie mm-hmm. either went on to do three things. Mm-hmm. Huge movie stars, mm-hmm. journeyman character actors like me. Or left the business and are hugely successful. Like it's just the most successful list of people yes. in. I mean, the the movie stars from that is just insane. Yeah. Um. But I remember um. Uh, doing a scene in the burger stand, and um, I looked up and and Sean Penn had come in to watch, and I was like, I went over, I was like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "I want, I like watching you work." Mm. I was like. All right, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, so I was like, because he was so cool, and yeah. um, and and a lot of the young people in that film were from New York, and you know, I was this California kid, so I felt like a little not as as hip as the rest of the people. So I I thought that he was incredibly cool, and um, you guys were similar though, you and Sean, because he was Malibu kid. He was yeah. born in Santa Monica. Yeah, both surfer kid. Yeah. Yeah, he was really nice. And actually, everybody on that set was really mm. nice. And then I have to say, but the the most fun scene to film um, was the dance scene at the end to um, Moni Moni. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. It really felt like you were at the most fun party. And I love Eric Stoltz, and I got to dance with him the whole time. I just, I adore him. He's such a, a great actor and a good person. Um, and... Um, and just every day with Amy Heckerling, it was like mm-hmm. having like the coolest big sister mm-hmm. um, on the she, set. Yeah. And, oh, and one day, because uh, Cameron Crowe wrote mm-hmm. it, obviously, um, Nancy came to the set. Oh, wow. And I was like, mm-hmm. uh, I can't even do anything. Because that was just, she, they were so hugely iconic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Heart. Yeah. yeah I'm just blathering. Just Nancy. Um <laughs> And so that might be also another really yes. fun day, yes. of, of which neither have anything to do with acting in the movie. But <laughs> well, those fun. are great, though. Those are the those are the memories. Those yeah, are the, think about those now. Yeah. You did a, a an anniversary, and it came out. It was it Newsweek or Time? 
There was something that came out, and yeah. you had to do a they had to do a class reunion photo. Mm. Oh, Vanity Fair. Van. Oh, I know. It was the it was yes. for like the uh, the Oscar issue, or, or I think it was. I forget. Yeah, because I know after we did it, I got invited to the Vanity Fairs. Vanity Fairs. The Vanity Fairs. <laughs> the Vanity Fair. The Vanity after Fairs. Party. Oscar party. Vanity <laughs> Fair. <clears throat> um. But um, yeah, that was really fun to go do and see everybody. Oh, so you went to the that year? You got to go to the party. I didn't go. Oh, I didn't go because I was filming and I couldn't go. Oh, well, that's um, good. You're working, so it's okay. Yeah, but um, but it, that was the only time I've ever been invited. <laughs> I should have gone. Yeah. I should have just like called in sick. Just like, I'm sorry, I can't come to the set today. I have to go to the Vanity Fair Oscar party. <laughs> so that shoot, what was that like? Seeing everybody, you know. Older, married, you know, some successful. Were, was everybody there? Everybody was there except for, I think, um, Phoebe, Jennifer, and one other person were photo. They were filmed in New York and photoshopped in. Uh, but yeah, a lot of the people. Was, every, was Sean there that day? Sean was there that day. Good for him. Um, everybody <laughs> was there. And, and it was interesting. It was like um, everyone was sort of shy. And, really? And... Uh, uh, quiet in a way yeah. but happy to see one another but right. what it wasn't like um it was very reserved um, you. you know it was yeah. you know a lot of years had passed Forrest yeah. Whitaker <clears throat> oh he is Forrest just dreamy Whitaker in there oh, when you... I had the biggest crush on Forrest Whitaker he was so funny oh, in that oh god. my god he's so good in everything yeah everything Forrest, I'd love to be in a movie that you direct. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Put it just, out I there. love his work. Yeah, I just and he is just so gentle. Yeah, chill. Yeah. He's gentle. That voice. Yes, his voice. I just find him like the way he speaks. He's thoughtful, and it's like he sees through you a mm. little bit, and he's he can mind the truth. Yeah. And I think as an actor, getting to work with somebody mm -hmm. that's going to look at you like that, right, to help you find. Your most authentic beat. Yep. I, in a calm way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. That's, God, how lucky. Now, you still maintain like friendship. I think you're still friends with Jennifer, Jason. I'm not, I mean, we're acquaintances. We yeah. were friendly for a while. Um, it's weird throughout the years, different. I was friends with Eric for a while. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we all are friendly when we see each other, but right. then it doesn't. Yeah. But um I see Kelly Maroney sometimes. Mm -hmm. I see um now I can't think of anybody. So like so different times through the years we all, you know, it's always fun to run yeah. into one another. But right. I think that the two that really stayed close friends are Phoebe and Jennifer. I think mm -hmm. that they, they forged a friendship that wow, has lasted wow. this whole lasted all these years. Yeah. So now you have, <clears throat> you were gonna have another No, I was gonna say so after Fast Times comes Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Yes. Before that, okay. I did a TV movie yeah. with Lonnie Anderson, which mm. is how I ended up with the audition for Nightmare on Elm Street okay. because Wes had seen it. Ooh. Oh, wow. Um, um, I found that out many years later, but I okay. did this movie called My Mother's Secret Life. <laughs> With Lonnie oh. Anderson. Oh. Um, and it was an interesting story because I got cast in it. It was ABC Circle Films mm -hmm. at the, the time they did all the big movies. Mm -hmm. And it it was supposed, it started out to be me and Farrah Fawcett. Mm. Oh, wow. And at the table read, she just did not want to play my mother. <laughs> 
So she oh, left the film. Really? And I never understood what it was. I never had anybody to ask. I, I, oh, maybe no. she thought I looked too old for to be her daughter or, I mean, well, you know, I was 20, but whatever. I mean, and I, I literally looked 12. But I think she was literally one of the most beautiful people I'd ever seen in my entire life. Wow. And oh, I was yeah. crushed that she didn't love me and adore me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... ABC Circle Films decided they kept me instead of her. No way. Yeah. And then they, Lonnie Anderson ended up doing it, who's just dreamy. Yeah. Wow. Um, and she was dating Burt Reynolds at the time. And so it was just a really fun experience. Yeah. You know, I got to go spend the night at her house and try on all of her furs. And she had all these <laughs> a safe filled with all these jewels. And oh my God. I mean, How old were you? 20. Oh. And I was like such a rube from, so I was just like, oh man, look at all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, she, and she had a daughter, I think was a little younger than me, but she was just such a good mom. And she made me fried corn for breakfast in the morning. And I was like, fried corn? <laughs> this is the best thing I've ever had. I'm living my best life. And um, <laughs> so, so adorable. So we had the best time and I loved working with her. And so Wes saw that movie. I, well, Almost everybody saw it at the time. It was like, I think everybody watched those movies. Yeah. And, and for m many years, it was like the highest rated yeah. TV movie. Because yeah. it, I mean, because she was like globally. Yeah. yeah. And she's, I ran into her yeah. at a Comic-Con and I just hear this, Amanda. And I'm like, oh my God, it's my second mom. Oh. And she's just as gorgeous today and sweet and kind. Wow. Um, but so I got, I get an audition <laughs> for uh Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm -hmm. And I'd never really even seen a horror film. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'd seen a couple old black and whites like Dracula and yeah. some like late night, whatever. Night of the Living Dead. I don't even think I saw that. Oh, I, whatever they would play on like Channel 11 late at night. Yeah. Maybe, you know, and then, then it would go, <laughs> yeah, the fuzz. Remember that? Um, <laughs> even though I'm 20, I remember that. Yep. Um, uh, <laughs> So I, I get the script and I'm reading it and it was really scary. Yeah. And I'd read a couple horror novels and yeah. so I was like, oh, this really reads like a good novel. Yeah. Um, and and at the time, my agents didn't want me to do it because okay. they were like, if you do horror, that's the end of your career. And I was like, okay. Um, I was like, well, I'm just going to go and go on the audition, you know, because uh -huh. I want to go on the audition. Yeah. And so I read for the role of Nancy, which I did not get Heather okay. Langenkamp got. Mm -hmm. um, but then my callback, it was the four kids. It was me, Heather, uh, Nick Corey, who's now Jesu, who went back to his real name, um, Jesu Garcia and mm -hmm. Johnny Depp. Mm -hmm. um, and we just did an improv for him and he told us in the room we had the part like that never happens has wow. that ever happened to no. you like on an uh -uh. audition never me neither since mm -mm. um and so my agent still didn't want me to do it and i was like you know i think i want to do it i just think it would be fun and, mm -hmm. and i was like no one's gonna see it who cares no see, one's agents, gonna care managers if I do and agents single-handedly and then i think i wonder when i was with them how many scripts i never got even yep. mm -hmm. you know what i mean yep. because they were like pass pass and i'm like um but anyway and mm. so then we did it and now that movie we're all still good friends mm. and you know because yeah. you've been around when heather's around right or whatever um uh, we're all still really good friends so wow and we had a great time doing that movie weird to say because it's mm. such like murder and mayhem but it was really really fun 
That she, is, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. What were you I, about to say? No, just go on. No, you're probably about say, to say the same thing I was uh, about to say. No, I was just going to say uh, that they still get together when they do autograph signings. They go to uh, signing events. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go to like Comic Cons yep. or whatever. So we get to see each other many times of the year. And um, Robert and Steven, who's my guy, um, they like each other and send each other books and yeah. plays and I don't know, talk and stuff well, like that. Well, I was going to say that because I'm a horror fan. Yeah. He, yeah. Loves. Well, see, the thing is, is what makes you iconic was that you were Freddie's number one. That's right. Mm-hmm. The very first victim. The very first <laughs> victim. Yep. Yes. I like and, to. I like to rephrase that mm-hmm. as I'm the first person who fought Freddie. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Yes. Um, and then I became his victim. Yes. Um, but yeah, you know, when you look at that movie, really, I'm only in the movie. 20 minutes, I think. And 14 of those minutes, in and out of that dream, I'm fighting for my life. You are. And you don't mm-hmm. realize that yep. until you go back and go, because I I have scenes where I'm still sitting there talking mm-hmm. to people, right. but they're only interspersed with me fighting for my life. Right. And it's like really interesting way to open a film and hook people yeah. emotionally, yeah. which is mm-hmm. why I think people like that movie. Because yeah. it's, um, you're like, oh, nobody's safe. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um you know, some I I heard somebody on a panel once say that all good horror is intrinsically sad. Mm-hmm. Yep. And when you look at the ones that have withstood the test of time, mm-hmm. if you took the horror out, there's still a good story, mm-hmm. and it's yes. and it and it gets you in the heart. I mean, yes. I mean, then there's also slasher films that are just dice them up, yeah, right, you Mind, know, right. mindless, right. yeah, and right. and that there's you know people like that too, yeah. Um, but the ones that last, I I so I like that, and Nightmare is that way. For a couple reasons, I think it was Wes's commentary also on m- that generation was the first generation of divorce, yeah. of mass divorce mm-hmm. in our country. So there was a lot of latchkey kids and kids mm-hmm. with one parent yep. and um, kids kind of fighting for their life, mm-hmm. you know, just in life. Like, you know, they weren't really being as well cared for as, mm-hmm. say, kids from the 1950s yeah. um, or even 60s. Yeah. And um, so I, I think there was that and and that the innate animalistic nature of a human is to create a family. Mm-hmm. And the four of us kids created our own family because we didn't have one at home. So right. I so he I think like on so many levels it people are able to connect with that because most of us have had to forge our own families yeah. at right. different times in our life. And, oh, that's true. What a yeah. great insight. And yeah. then and then doing it with Johnny Depp. Yeah. yeah. Wait, who? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah. Man. And after that, I guess he was he did what twenty one Jump Street after that? Yeah, yep. yeah. He did. He did. He might have done a another movie or two yeah, before, like yeah. Private School or yeah. Mursky School or I don't know. I don't know. And then he did um, Twenty One Jump Street, and you know he just, you know, I, I such a hard worker. Yeah. Like even then, you know, he hadn't done. He hadn't acted before, and he had a coach with him all the time, and really? like really, you know, uh, worked. Hard, like yeah. wanted to learn everything about the camera and, mm-hmm. and what what it meant and how to use your props that to help create more of your character and stuff. Right. Like yeah. he really, really worked hard. And um I just I've always thought that was amazing because, you know, you know, Robert had come from theater school, I'd come from theater school. Mm-hmm. Um so like I I had that interest. And this was somebody that 
created that, you know, mm-hmm. for themselves, like yeah. got a coach and did those things. And I think um, it, it for young people, I, I think people don't know that he worked that hard mm-hmm. yeah. at what he did, like, yeah. and really devoted his his self and time to it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we don't really know that about him, unless <clears throat> yeah. he did maybe... If somebody was to do a documentary about him, like the Val Kilmer documentary. Oh my gosh, did you that see was that? that was hard to watch. It was just painful. Yeah, I, I, I mean, and ugh. hurt. It was just so yeah. like my heart just it hurt, but yeah. it was there was so much love there too. And, yeah, and just seeing you know his perseverance, and then he he's painting his art. He's brilliant. Yeah, I used to see him out and about. You know, like go to tramps. And you'd walk in and be you know. Him, Tom Cruise, and like four dudes, and I'll be standing, you know, checking out the chicks, right? And I'll be like, you know, here I'm hanging around with like Prince and all these other people, and I'm like, you know, but when you look at them and look at their body of work and someone like him and the fact, you know, what goes on, and he's still, it's like you and I, <clears throat> him, artists, you're never going to let it go. You're never no. going to leave it because it's part of your, your DNA, yeah. you know, being an entertainer, an actor. It's just my work. favorite thing to do. I just love it. Like yeah. I, I love the possibilities. Mm-hmm. Like when you, and I know we've talked about this, when, when you get a script that moves you or that you feel connected to or you think is a good story or, you know, directable, because there's a lot right. of scripts you go, well, that's just not even directable. Um, <laughs> yeah. But that possibilities of like, where can, how can I help tell this story? How, what who is this person how can i embody it and i i just there's just nothing as thrilling as that to me i mean i love life in all of its forms but it's my favorite thing to do and i well, wish i i wish i got to do it more often i i feel you, like i really don't get to do it often she, enough she says she doesn't get to do it more often but she's like the hardest working actor that i know yes you have quite a body of work thank you and i would love to talk about so much of it but we have we have a little bit of time, and of course, I want to talk about Black Magic oh, Woman. God, so oh God, you have to! I was waiting for that. For that, Black and here Magic I wanted to ask Woman. about Better Off Dead. So we'll okay, do that well, one, and we'll do Better Off okay, Dead after. Okay, okay. Yeah. So let's talk about <laughs> Black Magic Woman, which Better starred Magic Woman. Mark Hamill, Miss Amanda Wiss, and Miss <laughs> Apollonia. Let's talk about some great stories from that. <laughs> I. Got sent that script, and I barely read it because they said it was going to be Mark Hamill and Apollonia. I was like, done. <laughs> that sounds like it's going to be so awesome. So and cute. We we met, walked on the set the first day, and sat on the floor. Oh, we'll talk about that one. But you remember where we first met? Let's see, wait. Which, am, am wait, I older than you? No. Wait, where did we first meet? We met at a medical office because Screen Actors Guild. Oh, that's to, right. You have to take a physical. <laughs> and we walk in. I walk in. She was like, Apollonia. And I'm like. I totally forgot. Those, yeah. I, the place in Hollywood, it's yep. the guy's son. You have to. You used to have to get that physical before you started any job. And right. there was this 
doctor, I forget his name, and then his son took it over. It was this little like old wooden door thing. Yeah, and it was so weird when they had us bend over and they gave us an anal exam for a movie. <laughs> oh. and, it, and he was always trying to give <laughs> he was always trying to give people pap smears and stuff. And it's Jeez. like, oh, I don't like, really need that. No. I'm I'm covered on that. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. And the anal thing. <laughs> I totally I was like, oh my god, we're doing a movie together. <laughs> and from that moment on, she was just like this her. little ball of energy, right? And I was like, what's your birthday? She was, I'm a Sagittarius. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we're making this movie, Black Magic Woman, based after the Carlos Santana song. So we thought. <laughs> and we, we sit down the first day shooting. We sit down in the little room by ourselves, right? And we were all alone. It was at night. And we started to bond and laugh, joking. And then what made us laugh even more is that we had just had food. <laughs> and the food was horrifying. And the next thing we know, we're like having some issues. <laughs> and we're just laughing. Right? And we continue having issues. And I guess some prop guy walks in. He walked in. He was like, he was like oh. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Right? We were, sorry. We were just laughing, and then I started getting bitchy. I was like, well, well, what do you think? As a craft service, what the hell are they feeding us, for God's sakes? You know? And so that's how we bonded. We just, we were sitting there laughing. We had fun Tears. every day on that set, even though it was a very difficult shoot. It was, it, it was. was difficult production-wise. It was, the script had a bunch of problems. Yeah. The director. I could talk about it. Was. Yeah. Had it, there was just a lot of issues. Um, yeah. but it despite that though, we all had a really good time. The three of us, or you and I especially, right. had a great we had a time. Blast. Yeah, but we had a director, uh, I'll say, you know, Darren Warren, and she had just come from the theater, she had just been directing Angelica Houston. Well, it didn't, it didn't translate, didn't translate. <laughs> Thank you. I was gonna say the F word, and she was just, we just, we were having a Oh, it, it was, was just a very difficult shoot. And we were excited because, you know, Amanda and I was like a lady, you know, director, theater. Yes, and it was two great roles for women. Yeah. It was it was a horror film, but slightly elevated, and it had Mark Hamill. Yeah. And it it just, it had so much possibility, and you just, it was really disappointing, actually. Yeah. It was ultimately super disappointing. And it had fairly decent-sized producers. Right. It was, you know, it had all the makings to have... Something fun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I know, but, but our friendship has lasted, like, right. solidly. Since then. Since then. We we got along great, and then we get my to work with... My family loves her. Every, oh, I mean, my God. Everything, yeah. Parents, we get to work with Mark Hamill. Yeah. Uh, we have a scene where we have to make love, and it was so cute because Mark Hamill standing there in his little tidy whities He's kind of like standing there like... Okay, you know, doing this with his hands, you know, and I was like, okay, you know, because nerve wracking doing, you know, it is, it's love weird. Um, it had it dealt with Santeria, and uh, there was something else that I was gonna. I mean, it was just so much fun, right? And um, Mark was just fun. At one point, like I said, the director unfortunately didn't put what was on the script on the screen and that was yeah. really difficult for us and you know she would come around and i remember one time she goes mark hamill has agreed to to work for free for the next two days and then i said did you say that? He goes, no because <laughs> she was behind yeah. schedule 
So they, they, I totally forgot about that. They wanted us to work for free. I was and like, no. The, the great thing was, is that uh, I basically could just like hide behind Mark and Apollonia <laughs> because whatever they said went on the set. People, yeah. the, I, I didn't have any clout. But I was like, what they say. Yeah, and what <laughs> we did is that I, I kept track of my hours. Then I told Mark, he goes, how many? I go, you're not keeping track? He goes, No. I go, well, this is what, you know, so then they had to pay us and they had yeah. to pay you. So I yeah. said, well, these are the extra hours and da 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 She took care of the whole and thing. And we got, you know, like some pretty decent yeah. money. That was back in the day, like, where an independent film, you'd still make bank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before people were like, do you want to be in my movie? I'm going to pay you $50. Yeah. And it's like, no, thank you. Right. <laughs> no, <laughs> you thank got one golden hour you know triple yeah. pay and yeah what we're shooting till 5 a.m that's fine yeah I know, really, i'm like as long as you don't make me wave my turnaround like right. we're, we're good right we're yeah that was fun I, I have to say like there's things like that 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 maybe the reason for those movies is like i look at like my friendship with you mm-hmm. which has which makes my life better and i just it just you know what i mean and there's things like um like the people i met on um Nightmare on Elm Street. We're still all friends from Better Off Dead. Right. There, There's things, and I, because I didn't go to college, I consider, like, you part of, like, like you're, like, my sorority sister. <laughs> but I we were, like, it. in a bad sorority. I'll take it. I'll sorority take it. of life. We were in yeah. a sorority of life. You're my sorority sister. Because I, I, I just find, like, that's kind of amazing, like, that our, our friendship from that. I think it's really fun. It is. It makes me happy. We've been, and that's what we, when we say, you know, it's like so many times you're on the set and everybody, you're all friends. I'll see you next week. Or, and then you don't see each other. Yeah. yeah. But with Amanda and myself, I mean, you know, here we are. And yeah. I mean, it's just been fantastic. And yeah. and to think that she actually shot me in the movie. I killed her. Yeah, mm-hmm. she had to kill me. Yeah. So, and I thought, now, you know, going back, fa- fl- flash. Spoiler, everybody. Oh, yeah, spoiler if alert. You, if you, you know what? Earmuffs, earmuffs. earmuffs. Spoiler. <laughs> We're going to put like a little arrow that uh-huh, says earmuffs. Spoiler. You know, but <laughs> in, in in all seriousness, recently with what happened on set with Alec Baldwin, which is just so tragic to such an amazing, brilliant actor, you know, who's, you know, innocent. I started having PTSD thinking about, Black Magic Woman, because mm. we had a gun, we had squibs, you know, the uh. little beads of blood, and my little sister was there. And I said, just, and I kept thinking, because could you imagine, had, da, da, with my yeah. sister, you know, and and it, I started, to th- and I started getting nervous. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I yeah. go, wait, wait, why am I replaying the past? I'm fine. It didn't happen. But you've carried, you know, weapons, yeah. guns, other than that time, in films, and it, that situation, uh, I know it affected you. It affected all of us actors, and it took me back to Amanda holding the gun, and yeah, you know all of that. You know, it, it guns on sets are are scary under the best of circumstances, and mm. so are squibs too. I, it, yeah, yes. Note. I, I I don't feel like people use them as much as they used to, but they're micro explosions, and so mm-hmm. like if you were shot multiple times, you would rehearse over and over with the prop people, like touch here first, here here. Do not put your hand there first. Yeah, like yeah. you know, like you would, you had. We had a lot of responsibility to take care of ourselves. Um, but I was real quick. I was on a set, a movie in Alabama that you know wasn't run very well, and people were bringing real guns with ammunition. Oh, okay. It's not ammunition. <laughs> I love it. It's not ammunition. <laughs> it is ammunition, ammunition, baby. They were bringing ammunition to the set. <laughs> It was 
is so scary. And I remember I called my agent and I was literally like, you have to get me off this movie because it's turning into a snuff film and I'm going to die. Like I was really scary. So my agent's called SAG to Screen Actors Guild. Five Uh days to get there. Five days. Um, But they shut the movie down. It was very scary. It was just it, people like it just started. One person did it, and then every and there's nobody at the top saying you can't do it. And we're shooting out in the woods in Alabama, and I was just like, no, no, this isn't happening on my. This is not. I'm, yeah. I'm not being uh-uh. in this movie. Wow. You can yeah. sue me. Yeah, <laughs> you can get your nickel. This. You can have your nickel this. back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, so I think there should never be any projectiles on set. And yeah. also, we're actors. Yeah. We can fake the. The kick. The kick. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that's, and we fake everything else. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Figure, like, we fake being stabbed. We yeah. fake all, all that stuff. Now, like, who was it that, I think it's, is it Clooney that's not going to use, one producer came out and says, I'm never going to use weapons anymore, or The Rock. Yeah. He's The Rock. They're not going to use real guns anymore. They're yeah. going to be, you know, like mock-ups. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think it's smart. I mean, uh, over such a tragedy, hopefully positive changes will come that, save more lives down the road right. or, or have less injuries down the road right hopefully because yeah. it's a tragic horrible situation that as you just said there yeah. but by the grace of god go many all, actors yeah. all of us were affected watching that i know yeah. i was gutted by it i thought about you you know i thought about all what we do for work and you know it could have been any one of us yeah so that's you know yeah on a on a lighter note now you got to tell us about better off dead that movie, my brother, my sister, they adore that. That's a classic. I mean, she's been in classic films, but tell us about your experience. And then Cusack. Oh, Maybe my you gosh. think of all, you he's, know, the, he's so awesome. Um, the actors. Savage Steve Holland wrote and directed it. Right. He's a genius. He now does a lot of children's programming on whatever those stations are, Nickelodeon and whatever. Um, one of the funniest, funniest, funniest scripts I've ever read, and no offense to anybody in the movie, um, the script is even funnier than the movie. Like, wow. like it's it's pee your pants, crying down your face. Does wow. that make sense? Crying? Where else would you cry down? <laughs> crying down your face? You cry down your leg? Crying I down your down leg, your- funny. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, uh, and and we all adored each other, and I mean. Curtis Armstrong is probably the funniest human on the planet, mm-hmm. and he and I are still great friends. I love him and uh, oh, Diane Franklin. Oh, he's hysterical. Franklin. Yeah. And just, oh my God, Charles, uh, David Ogden Steers, Kim Darby. Kim oh, Darby, really? Just oh, awesome. And about uh, four years ago at the San Francisco S- Sketch Fest, it's a big comedy festival, they invited the cast of Better Off Dead to do a live read at this huge theater. Oh, wow. And it was the entire cast that was living, um, except for John Cusack, but John... Peter read his part, oh. um, Napoleon Dynamite. Yes. He loves the movie so much, he had the script memorized because he, he it. loved it. It was, the audience was saying the lines along with everybody and it was a packed theater and it was just felt really good. And it was amazing. We had so much fun. And John Heater played a great, he was so cool. Um, and John Kuzak, I'm just a huge fan of him as a person and as an actor. And he's, he's lovely. Wow. I, this is just incredible. Tell me about... Now, okay, Kevin Costner. Um, I have to say, I just binged Yellowstone, his new TV series. How is that? 
Hence my Western getup. <laughs> I'm super into it. I'm like, put me on that show, please. Um, uh, he's so phenomenal in the show. I highly recommend anybody that wants to binge a show. It's on Paramount TV or, or you can find it. I don't know. Um, um, <laughs> I'd be so bad at like, like promoting things i'm like you'll just have to go look for it. but it's really good um but he's so talented and charming and he just can do anything like yeah. direct and produce and he just creates such beautiful he's a great storyteller right which is ultimately and surrounds himself with the right people to bring a story to life right yeah. that's the key that right is there. the key right there yeah. so and, how was that making that movie what Oh, Silverado, hand down, hands down, the best experience I've ever had on a set. Um, it was magical every single day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, we shot in Santa Fe at this ranch called. It was, I think, at that time it was called Cook's Ranch. Uh, sidebar: Really funny story. The man who was the head wrangler there is a a man named Jack Yonker, who ended up being my older sister's equestrian coach in New Mexico when she started showing her horses. And by the way, he just passed away last oh, week. And he's, a, he's the most lovely man. But anyway, I love how that came, he came back into my life wow. like years later. But um, first of all, the actors on that movie were incredible. Yeah. And it, I, I just watching Linda Hunt work. Or, oh my yes. gosh. Uh, that, yes. Or Kevin Klein and Jeff Gold um, Bloom were best friends and hilarious and they both play the piano and they'd make up songs and they would just do crazy stuff until Larry Kasdan was crying laughing laughing See, those are the moments on set that are just priceless yeah it was just it was just magical and every Saturday night after rap um, there was a, a Motown dance party because they had all just wow. finished the big chill so everybody mm. was really into oh, yeah, that yeah, the yeah. music from that and yeah. everybody went to these parties from the guy who swept the floors to the producers and danced mm. until the wee hours. And all these interesting people were coming in from LA with all these stars like Diane Keaton came to one of the parties and Joyce DeWitt came to a party. Oh, and like wow. all these people were coming because they were visiting everybody on the set. And uh, Brian Dennehy, who I loved. Um, he's a brilliant. Oh, and God. he's just such a, a lovely man. And he said to me one day, Soak this up, take this in. It is not usually like this. And I was so young, I was like, right. Oh. And he was totally right. Like yeah. it just, it was literally, it was magical. It was wow. just, it was just magical from soup to nuts. That's, wow. that's such great moments. Yeah. Wow. And that I, is great. Yeah. I'm looking at. You've worked with Jeff ha Jeff Fahey more than once. Yes. I just did another Western with him called Badland. That's what I'm looking at, Badland. Yeah. So tell me about that. Well, it's kind of funny. I basically am Linda Hunt, and he's Brian Dennehy. Like, oh, like we're sort I of, see. It's sort of like if Phoebe, my little um, slutty saloon girl, <laughs> grew up to take over the saloon, and um, Jeff Fahey took over as the share. I mean, like, so it was kind of fun. I mean, it was clearly the director's intent because right. he wrote it and asked us to do that. And it was really fun. And Jeff is lovely and he's just, he's just so nice and talented. And you got James Russo and of course, Bruce Dern. Jeez. How yes. old is he now? I don't know. <laughs> he's but just, he's God. just so phenomenal though. Yeah. Like he just doesn't tell a lie. Like yeah. I love being on sets and where you get to watch, someone and that they just drop in and 
and then come forth with the truth and tell the story. And yeah. I just feel like that's like, I don't know. It's just it's such a high. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And Mira Sorvino, did you have a good experience on this production? <clears throat> I did. I did. It was it was a little more like it was low budget, so mm -hmm. it was it was a lot of guns and a lot of high speed. Mm -hmm. But they were very careful, mm -hmm. which um, which was nice because I I had concerns. It was just a lot of gunfire, and yeah. I my character didn't have a gun, but I I was like in cr crosshairs, but I never felt unsafe because they yeah. they were really on it. Um, but it was fun. It was different. It was really more like you know, here's your makeup, get on set. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like ah, am I work? Am I done? Okay, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, it was nice meeting you. Sometimes um, <laughs> you do like some of your best work. Because you know that you're under the gun, literally, you know? Yeah. No, it's true. Like, you know you're not going to have the luxury of yep. 20 takes, takes on something. They're yeah. like, because like on, on something like this, you know, if you don't like your take, you need to step out of frame because yeah. they'll right. use it. Somebody yeah. might want to use it. Yeah. Right. Like, oh. Or was it these yeah. to teach you, right, to <clears throat> stop your scene and to... <clears throat> I'd like to try something different. <laughs> yeah. Can I try something else, please? Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you just stop yourself because you know you sucked. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and if you keep going, especially on a low budget, they'll it's they're, first of all they're watching it on a monitor like this, and yeah. the directors now they aren't in front of you seeing what our eyes are doing. Yeah. So they're not they if all the moving parts work, sometimes they're like, no, that's good enough, and it's like. You don't even know. My eyes were crossed. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like looking yeah. like, like not connected. So it's um it's more technical. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah, cuz yeah. I just feel I like when directors sit there and look because yeah. they're going to see what they're going to see and yeah. I you just can't see that on a monitor. Yeah. Um but I understand logistically that the monitors are great because mm -hmm. you can see all the moving pieces. Right. Yeah. And 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 you know you know, obviously I think it's more important because I'm an actor and I'm self-involved, but the director needs to tell the whole story. And so yeah. it's probably yep. just fine the way they're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> she cracks me up. So, so what's in the, what's in the pipeline now? I'm working on a little series called, well, it's not little, but um, I have a smaller role in a series called The Resonator. It's mm -hmm. it's a, a HP Lovecraft universe. It's, mm. set, it's called, it takes place at Miskatonic U, which a lot okay. of his stories are set in. So it's sci-fi slash monstery. I play Professor McMichaels Ooh. and I'm not how I appear to be. Okay. I'm, um, and, um, but it's, like it's, that appear, it's to appear to be. So I'm like letter Kenny <laughs> the other day. <laughs> um, and it's just, filled with these lovely super talented young actors who okay. are just I'm so excited for I think they're all going to have really big careers and it's, it just looks really cool it's kind of like undefined it's a little gossip girl meets vampire diaries meet you know like they just cool uniforms and you can't really tell what era my character always kind of wears a pencil skirt a little bit oh, nice. like 1940s yeah it's just kind of a weird um thing and then um we just went back i'm not in the first five no okay. i'm in the first two not in the next five and then i'll be in the rest okay so, so I, you're I, filming here in la um here and in cleveland oh so you've been flying to cleveland i shot only in la okay so i won't go to cleveland until we go back to cleveland because right now we'll be shooting in la for the okay. next ones awesome yeah so i'm excited about that it'll be Yay. fun okay yeah awesome all right all right, so the next part of our little show is, we haven't got an official name for it yet, but 
we call it so far says 10 questions, okay? <laughs> so I'm going to hit you with these questions. Okay. Tell me one thing about you that most people don't know. I cry at the drop of a hat. I oh. cry a lot. Okay. I'm super sensitive. Mm, makes two of us. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best part about being Amanda Wiss? I would say my friends. Oh. What is the most challenging part about being Amanda Wiss? I my expectations are too high. Mm. Mm hmm. I come up against that a lot. What's your highest career moment to date? I would say that there's a little movie I did called The Id, and it was the best role I've ever had. Um, and I, I, it was the most challenging, immersive role I've ever done. And so I think for me, just on a personal note, like I, I felt like that was a, 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 a role pinnacle, at least, of, of getting to dive into something really amazing and feeling like I, you know, mostly got it right. Mm. Okay. The id. The mm -hmm. id. Okay. Check out the id. <clears throat> so far, what has been your biggest career regret? Oh God, there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> Give us the, the 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 top one and two. Um, the top one is I passed on reading for Larry Kasdan's next film because mm -hmm. I decided I wasn't right for it. Okay. Uh, so we'll just leave it at that one. And okay. then there, then there's there's ones behind that. Um, <laughs> you know, choking on auditions and like you know just. Where okay. you go, all. Oh. But yeah, passing on that was, it was really dumb. Okay. All right. What do you think the biggest public misconception is about you? That I'm not a serious person. I think that I come off silly sometimes, and I'm, I actually am very thoughtful and intense about a lot of things and so i think um maybe that's just more my private side mm -hmm. and i my defense mechanism is to be the bubbly person and and it keeps everybody away okay. <laughs> uh-huh what's the craziest rumor you've ever heard about yourself oh my gosh all the people i've slept with uh. I, and the, the, like i get stories told back to me that's like somebody i know was at a dinner party with people I don't even know, and my name came up at this dinner party, and they were talking about somebody that I slept with, which I hadn't, FYI. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. So apparently, I just am a big floozy. <laughs> oh, so Has never... there ever been like a big, was there a big Hollywood star that there's just been this big rumor that you've slept with that you've never slept with that you can say? Um, I can't say. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. On that note, <laughs> if sex were a food for you, what food would it be? Ooh, jalapeno peppers. No. Ahua. If you could trade places with one person for a day, who would it be and why? Helen Mirren, because I think she is literally the coolest female walking the planet yeah. as far as actors, yeah. you know. Um, I agree. I'd just like to see what it, her day was like. Mm-hmm. 
All right. And the last is a finish the sentence. So far, and this is to this day right now. If I could do it all over again, I would. If I could do it all over again, I would step through my fear. Mm. I, I wouldn't let fear stop me as much as I've allowed it to stop me in every area of my life. Mm. Wow. Powerful words. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Great wow. answers. Thank, Thank you. you so much. That was much. awesome. I think you should name it the 10 most things you're going to embarrassingly reveal about yourself <laughs> and then possibly regret later. <laughs> no, no. Right? <laughs> oh, my God. That's so true. <laughs> that was so true. Thank I think, you. I think these are the most, probably these are things that are going to help people all over the world. Yeah. That's what I look at because I yep. think that as we bear ourselves, yep. these are the same things, you know, that people, what you just said, mm-hmm. I've said to, you know, one of the things that has that <clears throat> stopped me yep. my fear. whole life has been fear. Fear and anxiety. Yes. So we're like, yes. yeah, just. So I totally get you. We're like. I know. I totally yeah. get you. Yeah. Um, can you be. Like a husband to more than one person. (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious. You guys are exchange numbers. (laughs) The best, best ever. Yes. This is a great episode. Yes. This is so nice. Thank you so much. We appreciate you you, so much. My beautiful Amanda. I call her Amanda. I love you. Amanda. I love you. And I'm so grateful you wanted me on your show. Are you Um, kidding? uh, No, and I am. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Before you go. It's an honor. To have you. Are you kidding? Amanda Wiss in the house. I am honored that you took the time from your busy schedule. I know you're working and you've got a lot of other things to do in your life, but you took the time to come out here. I love you. I love you so much. I'm super excited. And I was nervous to drive and I did it. So yeah, I I drove through a fear. (laughs) (laughs) And look what we've got for the fams. As we always say for our fans... We have oh. special goodies. We're going to have Miss Amanda. I know oh, those I great. Love. <laughs> and wh- who might just my signature? Just put your signature, yeah. and we're going to have a great contest. Oh, we're I love We're going to give this. those away for our fans. Got a and black then we've magic got a DVD, woman. a Black Magic Woman. Then we're going to have Amanda black and Apollonia sign. And some lucky person, Yay. some lucky fam is going to win that. And uh, so oh, that's tuned. so cool, isn't that? All right, oh my it? gosh, and then just you have to sign, yeah, just sign just that. The, the and we're disc. gonna have Apollonia sign it. Ooh, fabulous! Just been a great, great interview. This was really fun, <laughs> super. Oh, here, thank you. What am I doing? I want one of these crystal bottles. I'll these get it are, for you. We'll make sure so, you got it. Well, no, no, that isn't why I'm saying no, no, it. No, no, but we'll make sure you do This is from my friends at Crystals. For humanity, oh, and they're amethyst and crystals, a lot of uh, energy stones for my water, and we're gonna have this yeah. in oh, our fantastic. store. Yes. Really? Yes, yeah, so I'm yeah. gonna have oh, cool. this in my store. Because that's, that's just, I really believe in that. It. And thank you. I mean, really, ultimately, yes. all we have is our health. That's right. While we're in this, yep, that's right. Facade walking that's right. through skin suit. our skin that's suit, right. walking through this spiritual experience, that's and right. I, that I just think that's. I'll get you one. That's That's so cool. Awesome. 
All right, everybody. This thank has you. been. Thank you. For thank you. Thank we you. Love you. We love you all. Thank you, Amanda Wish. Thank, thank you for you, having Amanda. me. And we will see you on the next episode of Apollonia love Studio you. 6. Bye-bye. <laughs>